Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, we're back. Well, I'm back. I, I was here all morning this morning with uh, Curtis and with Andrew Giuliani. Yeah, you look and at you. And now it's me and Rita and uh, Tony Carbonetti, and we were talking about him this morning. Please, nobody tell him. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, By and, the way, I, I heard a little bit, but I, I have to like I have to tickle John or you to get the stories out, because I think there are some good we stories, talking, right? So, we were ta- <laughs> talking about old war stories from... Rudy's days. Uh-oh. Those were the days, my friend. This was oh. before uh, Andrew Giuliani was born. So oh. we were, me and Curtis were filling him in. I remember when and Andrew was born. I still remember that, that I lost that one building 73 to nothing. Wait a minute. What was that? What I don't was know who lives in that, that building. Familiar. There was one building I lost. I, felt, I figured it was a... A Tony Carbonetti. It's got to be a bunch of Hungarians oh, living in that building. They gotta be. They gotta be. Tony Carbonetti Scaletta. Ah, they got, the, by the way, speaking of Scaletta, uh, because it I, sounds like a good the, word. Yeah, Turks like must live word. in that building, John. I don't yeah, know. whatever it is, you are crazy. Because how did you spend your Thanksgiving? You just told us. Uh, my family we were down in Spring Lake, New Jersey, and we jumped in the ocean. We did the, the turkey Wait, the plunge. the plunge. The plunge. But now that I hear they do it for charity, I think next year we will do it for charity. Oh, you got to do it for charity. My wife and three of her brothers ran the marathon for charity. Yes, exactly. So they're going to do this guys, for charity. there's so many got things it. going on. The one factor that people don't understand, and the government, the, I mean, we know it, but nobody's volunteering it. We've had 73 attacks in the Middle East on our Unbelievable. on our soldiers in the last uh, what thirty days, forty days? Yeah, thirty days? Four, since October seventeenth, uh, seventy three, as you mentioned, John from these from these Iranian attacks. proxy groups. Could you imagine what a bunch of wimps we are not to respond? In uh, well, how is the military? Wait, wait, wait. We hit some empty. We hit some empty warehouses. Doesn't that count? <laughs> I'm being facetious because you're right. We've just in little pin. What's the military? You know, say? Had, we had that discussion this morning. I mean, uh, we would have never been attacked. In uh, in Ukraine, if we weren't such wimps, yes, John, in Afghanistan, absolutely. This all comes down to tepid, and also, you know what really gets me uh, embarrassed today. And I say this because our president of the United States came out and said, "Okay, we're going to be tough. We're even going to have some Americans released today." I am thrilled, by the way, that twenty four people have found freedom and they're away from the terrorists, but not a single American. And the president was just asked a few minutes ago, guys, and he was like, "Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what happened. We're I hoping they laughed, come." Uh, uh, Me too. At by these people. Me too. We look silly, John. I agree, Tony. We I, look I, I, I keep saying we should send a helicopter over. Put our Americans in that helicopter, or our Marines are going door to door with the Israelis. And that's what they should have done. People. John, don't you Someone agree? That's what he should people. have done. And he should have put his foot down from the beginning because we look stupid with that. Well, Afghanistan, Ukraine. To Jimmy yes. It wasn't until Ronald Reagan uh, came into power. And, uh, well, you know what I tell all the people in the uh, Middle East that are laughing at us? Wait till November 24th. 
Yeah, exactly. You're right. Because guess what? Um, you know, the listen, American people it can't come are soon getting, enough. The American people are getting angry. Yeah. And well, you know what? And, and it's not only angry, John, it's embarrassing. We, it's a dangerous time in the world, as you're pointing out with all the crazy things that are happening with the Taliban, Russia, Iran, China. We got all these players, North Korea, and now we have a president who won't even say the word Iran. Today, they brokered this deal, guys, the ones with the Thai hostages that came out because there were uh, 11 foreign nationals. All right. They are basically uh, 10 um, Thai. One is a Filipino. And you know how they did it, guys? They did it by calling directly to Iran. And somehow the Thai government and Iran arranged this deal. We know the Israelis had to go through Qatar, Tony, as you know all too well. Um, but these others just picked up the phone and they started dealing directly with Iran. So who can say Iran's not in control? Give me a break. And they came I, I out mean, pretty they're, quickly. Wait, they're laughing. They're laughing. And that's really embarrassing, John. I understand uh, Professor Dershowitz is on. Yep, we just got him. Uh, the professor of uh, law school emeritus there at Harvard University. And we also have Judge Richard Weinberg, who's also with us, too, which we are so thrilled, uh, both of you guys. Um, professor Dershowitz, let's go right to this. We look so bad, I think. And I also want to talk with you about these protests because I know you and, and John, the judge, Tony and I were also concerned about all these protests. There was a massive one right down the street from us. Uh, this is in Washington Square Park uh, in New York City. Yeah. And, and they are now saying they glued themselves to the street yesterday. Today they're telling people don't shop in the holidays. These people are loony. Well, it has nothing to do with Palestine. It has nothing to do with ceasefires. There's now a ceasefire, essentially. Nobody's getting killed. This has to do with ending Israel and destroying the United States. These are Hitler's youth. These are the people who brought the Ayatollahs to power. These are the people who brought Stalin to power. There's no justification. They are bad people. They could be 19 and 20 the group is consisted of two people, really, really bad people and useful idiots who some of them are just on panty raids. You know, yeah, it's easier to have sex if you join the left and march with them. Some of them just are that naive and that stupid. Others just if it's left, it's right. If somebody are saying it's left, it must be right. These people don't know anything about Israel. They know nothing about Hamas. They're supporting an organization that kills gays, that kills feminists, that kills progressives, and that would kill every single one of them if they went to Gaza. These are among the most ignorant and nasty people in the world, and we shouldn't justify them or forgive them or or deal with them. And yes, there are friends' children. I don't care. Uh, some of them may be even relatives. I don't care. They're evil, evil people, and we shouldn't tolerate it at all. Now, they have First Amendment rights, but so do we, to tell the truth about them. Now people are being fired. People are being fired by NYU. People are being fired by Johns Hopkins for telling the truth about these people. That's been a big problem, too, that we have to get on to. Tell us about the NYU hospital. Uh, uh, this professor got, uh, uh, yeah, got fired. He lost, fired his, in he the, lost his chairmanship, yeah. Chairmanship for, of for the cancer. The uh, wow. Yeah. For telling the truth. And then another pediatric, pediatric professor at Johns Hopkins, just got fired uh, also for basically telling the truth about Hamas. And what's happened is because some people 
who have made anti-Semitic statements have gotten fired, the university say, well, we have to fire a few pro-Israel people, otherwise it'll look unfair. And uh, this is not a moral equivalency. Hamas is evil and bad, and those that support it are evil and bad, and those that support Israel are good. Now, you know, nobody should use certain phrases, and you shouldn't generalize about Muslim people or about Arab people, although 75% of Palestinians support what Hamas did on October 7th. That's so a stunning number. Wow. You can generalize. You can't say 100%, but 75%. That's about the equivalent of how many people in Germany supported Nazism. That's a stunning number. Let me bring in Judge Richard Weinberg. Uh, Judge Weinberg, what can we do to throw the book at these people? Like yesterday, they defaced New York Public Library with red paint. They also were burning the American flag, Judge Weinberg. Well, you can try to uh, get them arrested for criminal mischief, for disorderly conduct. You know, uh, if there are assaults involved against the police, you can have them arrested for that. But, yeah, but nobody's going to have anybody arrested. Let's not, uh... You know, we have to start suing people, too. Hit a Jew, we sue you. And, you know, these burning of the American flag makes the point I've been making for years. Scratch an anti-Israel person a little bit, and you'll find an anti-American person. These yeah, people raise... hate America. Judge Weinberg? Yeah, Alan, I want to raise this question. It seems to me the silence is deafening from certain communities. Women were victims of, of rape and torture, yet you don't hear the feminists rallying and attacking that. The gays are subject, as we all know, to uh, humiliation and, and death by these extreme Islamists. We don't hear the gay community speaking out. Uh, you yeah, and I wonder why the gay community doesn't speak out, because if the gay community went to Gaza, they'll throw them off the roof. Yeah, they'd last about five seconds. You know what? You uh, know what? What about the right? But what about the feminists? What about the leading members? Yeah, well, of, yeah Professor Dershowitz. Uh, that's a great you point. Can't, you can't generalize. There are some feminists uh, like Phyllis Chesler and others who have been speaking out very bravely and some gay people. But the vast majority who belong to organizations who belong to gay organizations or feminist organizations, at best, they've many of them have remained silent and others have become complicit. The worst is an organization like the National Lawyers Guild. Uh, your lawyer may very well be a member of the National Lawyers Guild. Um, this is an organization that claims to be left, claims to be feminist, claims to be against rape, claims to be against people who discriminate against gays, but they hate Jews and America even more than they love gays and feminists and progressives so they're prepared to join an anti-gay anti-feminist anti-progressive support organization hamas even though it hates their 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 people because they hate jews and israel even more and they hate america even more yeah professor dershowitz tony carbonetti has a question yeah alan i said this to you about 10 days ago that yeah. we allowed this to happen when you mentioned the useful idiots we allowed yeah. these kids to grow up hating America. The next step is hating Israel. It's and there's never they're never held accountable for any of their actions. Okay, they and need they to start being held. You can have an opinion, but your opinion yeah. has accountability. You can have an opinion, but you can't have a job in my firm. You can't represent me, and you can't ask me to defend you. I'll defend you if you're convicted of charged with murder. But I'm not going to or if somebody tries to prevent your free speech, but I'm not going to defend your uh, idiotic attitudes toward toward Israel or toward America or toward the West. Uh, 
you know, I've defended people's rights to burn a flag, and then I have held them in utter contempt. I mean, you know what? You know what Justice Brennan once said. He once said, "If I saw somebody burning a flag, I would punch him in the mouth, and then I would defend his right to do it." <laughs> right, but we let them get all the way to college before we held them accountable. Uh, well, we're, we should be a little school. accountable here ourselves. Some, some of this is high school. Some of this is Bronx High School yeah. of Science. We've let it happen. We got to stop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 we have to stop it by the marketplace of ideas, by legitimate means, not by name calling, but by bringing out the truth. Accountability. And and the best proof that this is not about a ceasefire is the fire has ceased. Nobody is shooting anybody, and they're still protesting because they wouldn't be satisfied until Israel no longer exists. That's not going to happen, thank God. And they would never be satisfied until America didn't exist. They are mm-hmm. basically playing Iran's game. The big devil, America, the little devil, the United States, they are on Iran's side. Let's not call them anything but what they are, Hitler Youth. They are the modern-day version of the Nazis who marched down 2nd Avenue in 1939, went to Madison Square Garden, thousands and thousands of them, did Heil Hitler salute, said death to the Jews, and that's, that's who they were. Then they joined the army, and got, some of them got killed, and some of them were heroes. But in the 1930s, these were people marching down mm-hmm. 2nd and 1st Avenue with, Hitler's, with Hitler salutes and with, <clears throat> with swastikas. Today, the swastika no longer, or there was a swastika recently at one of the universities. On Martha's Vineyard, there was a swastika recently. But what they're wearing instead of the swastika is the green headband, which is the modern-day swastika. Professor Dershowitz, last question. What is your gut feeling of, of, of how Iran is, is dealing with the Biden administration? I mean, it, it, I, I'm ashamed. I, I, I think... I think they're laughing behind our backs. Seventy-three of our bases have been hit one way or another in the last uh, yeah. 60 days or 45 well, days. Well, I hope the United States is planning behind their back to bomb their nuclear reactors. That's what has to be done. The only I don't way think they have the courage. I don't think well, they have the plans. <laughs> Alan, God bless you. I said that 10 minutes ago in the studio yeah. here. They have to I do hope it. we're planning Israel's that. Israel is going to do it. Israel is going to do it when this is all over, when Hamas is destroyed. That has to be the Hamas is the snake. Iran is the head of the snake. You've got to get the head of the we snake. Need to no, stop no, we, that. we all agree, about Professor Dershowitz, but I don't mm-hmm. think this administration has the courage. I don't think that that Israel believes they're going to be backed up. Well, let's give let's put pressure on them the way the squad is putting pressure the opposite way. The squad, of course, loves Iran and they love the Ayatollahs and they love trying to uh, destroy America. Yeah. Uh, but let's put opposite pressure on them. Let's make sure Americans tell the Biden administration that they have to do what has to be done for Iran. Because if Iran ever got a nuclear arsenal, you can imagine what would happen Ugh. if they gave some of that to terrorist groups. And they will. Yep, you're right. Well, Professor Dershowitz, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you, well. you Professor. And, John, to that point, let's bring in Deputy National Security Advisor who was then there with President Trump, Victoria Coates. Uh, Victoria, let's pick it up uh, where John just left off, where he was talking with Professor Dershowitz. Do you think we have the courage to go after Iran? I, I agree with John. I don't think so. And this president has been a peaser, a peaser. If I was the Israeli defense force, I wouldn't believe him. Yeah, I wouldn't either. And look, I feel like a lot of the reason they've it, gone back and forth is because I think they're being told, hey, uh, they want a ceasefire. I'm talking about U.S., 
I have no doubt that they have been putting pressure on Netanyahu through all of this. But it's not just the Israelis that don't believe us anymore. The Saudis publicly said, if we let Iran go nuclear, they're going to go nuclear. Victoria, you understand this better than anyone. (laughs) Well, when I get it figured out, I'll let you guys know. Good to be with you. I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. No, I mean, Professor Dershowitz is correct, John. You're right. Obviously, I mean, there is no plan to do this. Uh, the, the Pentagon has plans uh, for, for a whole contingent, range of contingencies. But I think, Rita, to your point, they don't have the courage to pull the trigger. Uh, you know, they, they fear the retaliation too much, and they have utter faith that whatever they're trying to cook up in Vienna is somehow going to bear fruit. So they don't have to do that. Then to the, to the point about the pressure on the Israelis, the president said this today in his really shockingly, <laughs> I thought, anti-Israel, pro-Palestinian remarks up on Nantucket, where he was then subsequently uh, heckled by pro-Palestinian protesters who have somehow found their way onto the island. But he was saying, "I, I pushed for this. This is what I wanted. I wanted the humanitarian aid to go in. We're sending them cooking oil for bakeries. I mean, what does he think Hamas is going to do, make cookies? It's just maddening. Uh, that 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 he is allowed to to just kind of put out this plottle. I mean, what he should be saying to Dershowitz's point is, hey, Hamas, Iran, and oh, China, Israel is not going to cease to exist. And that is also my message to the Palestinian people: you have to stop. You know, you have to get. It is beholden on you as the Palestinians to get yourself out of this cycle of violence. Prove to us that you actually would be worthy down the road for some kind of. Uh, state-like entity. It's not my burden as the president of the United States to promise you that. You know, Victoria, you hit it on the head because he is not emboldening the Palestinian people to rise up against Hamas. That's one. And the other thing I noticed, I was waiting for this moment today. He was counting on Americans being released. The, the word from the media was there would be probably two or three Americans, including this little girl, Abigail, who was turning four today. It was her birthday. So he put it out. So we didn't get an American. And he comes out. He didn't even call Iran out. I mean, it, it was. I'm embarrassed. I, I hate to say that, but to me, it is such weakness, and it's so it's so emblematic of his appeasement policy. No, it, it is a hundred percent so, and and you know, this is the kind of just naive pandering that has led the Palestinian people into the genocidal fantasy that somehow they're going to be able to get rid of Israel because they think this because they're essentially being told this by the State Department. That they that you know the United States is with you. The United States supports what you're doing, and they allow the Palestinians to continue to support Hamas and uh, not you know make them make a choice. And when you look at the polling of Gaza and West Bank, it's not just Gaza. Hamas is enormously popular. The action on October seventh is enormously popular. But somehow the United Nations and the Biden administration would would tell us that given half a chance, the Palestinian people would choose a different path. Well, that's, as I said, on them because they have not made that choice in the past. Yeah, you're right. And they're not doing anything to help them to separate them. Uh, and, and, and you know, it's interesting, too. The president today is like, well, I don't know when Americans would be released. I keep thinking Victoria, had America, had our president put his foot down or had it been a President Trump or a Reagan or someone like that, right? They would have said, you know what? 
to your point, uh, Tony, do not touch a hair of an American. If Amer- Americans come out first, Americans do this, or all 240 right. come out, and then we'll maybe talk. He didn't do anything. He's Why like a bystander. Why are we bystander. not demanding our Americans back every day? No, we're, we're, listen, the only thing somebody should say uh, to Iran, wait till November of 2024. Yeah, sadly. But that's a long Absolutely. time, John. That's a long time, Victoria. Well, remember Ronald Reagan. Remember Jimmy Carter, okay? I mean, that's what it comes down <laughs> How to. How sad is that, you John? Know, I mean, you know? Jimmy Carter, uh, Joe Biden is Jimmy Carter all over again. I feel like he's worse. I mean, look at all the things that are happening right now. Yeah, they have 240 they're, they're people. At us. They attacked 73% of, 73 bases in the last 45 days, and they're laughing at us. Yeah, and the strikes are little, uh, four strikes. We, I think they said, even by the U.S. administration, they've hit, I think it's I like seven or eight terrorists. I am afraid troops will start doubting us, okay? That's sad. Let's move wow, on. Wow, really okay. sad. Victoria, thank you. We, we love you. We appreciate you, and we appreciate thank all you, you do uh, for our Victoria. country. Thank you, Victoria. Absolutely. Have a good show. Thank you. Let's take a break and we're going to come back uh, with uh, Steve Moore and find out how the economy is doing. The market was only open a half a day today. But let's see what happens. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back. This is Rita Cosby. By the way, everybody, we live in dangerous and unstable times. That's for sure. Uh, pandemics, international insecurity, shortages, supply chain disruptions, and an economy on the brink. We know that we simply can't trust the government to protect us. And now more than ever, everyone needs to be prepared. Being prepared is more than just stockpiling, whether it's ammo, food, supplies. Being prepared should also include stockpiling critical prescription medications. And that's where the wellness company comes in. Their medical emergency kit contains the prescription antibiotics, antivirals, antiparasitics that you need to keep you and your family safe, whether it's anthrax to tick bites to COVID, even to a bioweapon like the plague. Well, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is what you need to have on hand to protect yourself and your family. So go to twc.health forward slash Rita Cosby, twc.health forward slash Rita Cosby. Don't miss the Black Friday sale. It's available now at TWC Health, H E L T H forward slash Rita Cosby. Use the promo code KIT15. You'll get 15% off. And also the promo code member 20, 20% off memberships. Be prepared. Check out twc.health forward slash Rita Cosby. Wow. Now you read that pretty well. I did. And by the way, you know, as we're talking My about God. economic I'll times. I'll go out and buy the product. I know I'm going to go out. It's great. I'm already ordering one, John. This is great right. stuff. With Steve Moore now on, uh, one of our country's leading economists. Steve, what the heck is going on? <laughs> hey guys! Well, first of all, I want to congratulate you. You, you guys must be the hardest working guys in uh, show business because we're live, right? We are live. We are live. We are live. Twenty four seven. John's been here all day. I, I, I just snuck in. John's been here all day. I, I, I was in the studio the from night. seven o'clock this morning to noontime. And he's and he's awake and kicking and smiling. <laughs> uh, you guys are hardworking people, and you know all this. All the radio shows here in uh, D.C. They're all taped. But this is a live show, so I want people to know. And by the way, I will be live tomorrow, John. Well, you'll be on at two o'clock, one o'clock to two o'clock, right after uh, 
Uh, Larry Kudlow. Yeah, and he's live too. So anyway, this is a this is a great station. Uh, look, I think the economy is improving a bit. There's no question, you know, that we don't have the nine percent inflation anymore. I want to be a little bit positive this Thanksgiving weekend. So the inflation rate has come down. You know, we're seeing a you know fairly healthy jobs market. The stock market has been strong. This I think was the fourth straight week of a positive. Uh, you know, positive returns on stocks. But still, the thing that's so amazing about this, Rita, is that, you know, still 75% of Americans don't feel like the economy is is in good shape. And they're really worried about the future. And I think they should be because there's so much borrowing right now, both by the federal government with the $2 trillion a year, but also, you know, a trillion dollars of credit card debt. And the other big issue, of course, is people's incomes have fallen below the inflation rate. And so they can't quite, quite uh, keep up. And uh, and so that's that's worrisome, Steve, too. I'm going to give you my opinion, and you tell me if you think I'm uh, blowing smoke. Okay, I want to hear it. Well, 2024 is an election year. Yes. And they're going to bring really, they're going to bring interest rates down big time because it's an election year, so people can borrow again on their homes for 5% or 6%. Instead of eight percent, because that's not going to get them eight percent is not going to get them elected, and and the Democrats are much smarter than the Republicans, and also they're going to bring down the price of gasoline uh, to seventy well seventy four dollars a barrel today. How are they going to do that? They're 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 going to by by. How do you say it? Hook by or hook or crook? crook? By hook, hook or, or by crook? crook. <laughs> by hook or crook? It might no, be the last you know, one, especially. I mean, I mean, <laughs> it, 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 it's the symbol it. above, the above to their down the gas prices. But what they stand drill. for? Bidenomics <laughs> works by hook or by crook. <laughs> <laughs> That's the well, platform. I mean, if we could get back to drilling, I'd be much, very much in favor of that because we have so much oil and gas, and, and people are very skeptical of the so-called green revolution. Uh, I'd like to see that. And I think you're right, probably, that the interest rates may fall a little bit uh, next year. That UBS, would be UBS last week said that it's going to fall 275 basis points. Which no, is I don't believe that. I, I don't, well, no, I'm just telling you what they said. I, I you know, know, but I don't believe it. I think maybe one or two. That would be like four or five rate cuts. Yeah. I think maybe one or two. But look, you and I, John, agree on this. The Fed raised rates way too much, way too fast this past year, and it really caused havoc on the housing market, on, on people's incomes, and I think the Fed was really out of control this year. Yeah, boy, were they out of control. Uh, Edith, what do you hear? What do you hear about Black Friday? Is it black enough? <laughs> it's like, but <laughs> it seems what? like it's a black out, month. I didn't right? get out shopping today, so I don't have any firsthand knowledge because, like you guys, I've been working all day. <laughs> but but uh, I don't know, Rita, what are you hearing about Black Friday? Well, it seems like, I mean, I think it, people are anxious to get out and celebrate and, and do all those things. But it seems like my point, I feel like Black Friday is like, it's like Black Weekend, Black Month, because they have the, they have Cyber Monday. It's uh, and and now a lot of people are also you know doing so much online. Um, yeah. So I think shopping will be a little different this year. But people I think are out looking to celebrate, but they seem to have less money, sadly, to go and spend. They're worried. Yeah, you know there was a Wall Street Journal um, article uh, this what not this weekend, but the past weekend, and it said. Uh, you know, for the shopping season, it's going to be ho ho horrible. But I'm not so sure it is going to be horrible. I mean, people are still spending. You know, there's still an inclination that 
and and you know we'll see what kind of discounts you can get for, on on the major things. But I got to tell you, they were just saying they think that uh, November will have been one of the biggest mm-hmm. car sales months, but not the EVs. People are buying the regular, the normal old cars because they're smart. You know that, that's why they're that's why they're not buying. They'll the be EVs. giving the EVs away soon. Yeah. By the way, Tony, did you and and also Steve, you heard this a, about uh, right. New Jersey? What about New Jersey? They they won't yeah. do. What was the thing? They won't do any all the new cars. I mean, would you believe that the governor, after all the new facts that that uh, uh, all the details, General right. Motors losing a, a ton of money, uh, Ford losing forty thousand dollars per electric yeah. vehicle. Yes. New Jersey, John, Murphy, all he, of a sudden. Here's the bottom line. Tell Bo, me, uh, Bo, Bo Snerdly said earlier today that uh, someone did a study, and uh, out of all the states, the one that can't pay its bills is New Jersey. Oh, great. Yet the governor <laughs> is talking about EVs. Yeah, yeah think about all it. new vehicles. Can't by, pay his bills. By 2035. But he wants electric vote battery. I mean, come on. Yeah, what, what statistic cars. is he looking at, Steve Moore? You know, I, I the thing I find amazing about EVs, you know, think about this. You know, the first of all, the the government is basically paying these uh, car manufacturers, Ford and GM, to to build these plants. Yep. I mean, giving billions of dollars of your my money. So they're giving billions of money for that. And then, if you buy a, a EV, the federal government will buy will give you a seven thousand five hundred dollar check. So they're they're bribing you to buy the cars. And then a, a number of states are are actually chipping in another twenty five hundred dollars. A rebate if you buy the cars. And then, of course, if you buy the EVs, they're going to give you the charging for free, right? It's free. It doesn't cost anything. That would be like getting free gas yes. fill-ups. And, uh, you know, after all, and by the way, you get a, the best, if you notice when you go to the uh, malls now, all the best parking spaces are for the EVs. So they're giving every advantage to the EVs, and people still aren't buying them. And so you're right, they're going to have record sales but they're not going to get record profits because they have to. They're now actually cutting the slashing the price of the VVs because nobody's yep. buying them. It's, it's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen, Rita. It is. It's a mess. Steve Moore, thank you. I'm glad that you're working today, like all of us too, and, and have and a good I'll show be tomorrow. Tomorrow from one o'clock to two o'clock. Everybody, tune in. More money. Thanks More so money. much, Steve. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Katz and Cosby. Joining us now here is Congressman Mike Lawler. He is leading a group of bipartisan lawmakers looking into whether or not a number of news agencies had advanced knowledge of the brutal assault by Hamas on Israel on October 7th. Uh, it's disgusting if they did. And uh, joining us now is the congressman. Do you think they did know? I know one of the groups you're looking at is Reuters. Tell us about this, congressman. Well, you know, Rita, I hope uh, everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, obviously, I want to start just by uh, you know acknowledging the, the news of the release of the hostages, including uh, the niece, of one of my uh, constituents uh, and her two daughters who were uh, released uh, just a short while oh, ago. Oh, that's great. Oh. By, the, by the way, uh, and they're Israelis, right? They're, they're Israeli yeah. citizens. Yeah. How, and, old are they, uh, how old are they? How beautiful. What great news, Congressman. Yeah, they're uh, young, young, uh, young little girls. And so, uh, you know, I had spoken to the family uh, yesterday in advance of this and just great news, obviously. Uh, but, um, you know, there is no question um, that we have uh, serious concerns uh, about what these news agencies knew uh, in advance 
uh, or certainly the journalists that were employed by them knew in advance uh, of the October 7th uh, terrorist attack. The fact that uh, you had photojournalists on the ground uh, covering it uh, almost immediately uh, uh, upon the start of the attack uh, raises serious ethical questions. Um, and it's something that I think these news agencies have a responsibility uh, to provide more information on, especially uh, given the fact that they cut ties uh, with some of these photojournalists almost immediately upon the reports uh, that they were you know, on the ground. The media plays a critical role, uh, obviously, especially in times of war, uh, having people embedded uh, and, and on the ground to, to really help provide uh, insight and, uh, you know, raise awareness. But uh, to, to be on the ground uh, almost immediately on a, uh, a terrorist attack raises serious questions about what their photojournalists knew uh, in the lead up and why they did not inform uh, authorities, uh, given that information. And so that's something that we want to get to the bottom of. Uh, and frankly, I would think that uh, Reuters and the AP and CNN and the New York Times and other news agencies would want to get to the bottom of it as well. Yeah. And by the way, I want to tell everybody, because CNN and AP, the Associated Press, cut ties with this guy um, who captured the photos. This is interesting. This guy, who's a freelancer, and as a journalist, we've, you know, I've been out there where we hire freelancers, um, but, uh, but he was seen in a photo receiving a kiss on the cheek from the Hamas leader, uh, Sinwar. I, I mean, you know, he seems to be very heavily embedded. That's just, it's, it, it's shocking if they did get tipped off and, and didn't say anything. Cause I imagine mean, had they, the CIA had they tipped off it, Israelis. The CIA doesn't know and, and, and the Israeli intelligence doesn't know. I mean, my God, what did we come to? By the way, that's a great point. Um, Two, also, uh, Congressman, what John's saying, because, you know, the CIA didn't clearly U.S. didn't know anything. Uh, you know, obviously, the Israelis didn't know anything. And yet there's some photographer who happens to be there, a couple of them at the right place at the right time. That and I, I want to ask the congressman one more thing. What yes. are our, our armed forces thinking? We got hit 73 times in the last 45 days. And, and we haven't taken a real strong position. What's the heck is we, going we, on? We have, raised, we have raised this issue with the administration, uh, including when I was in Israel uh, just uh, just about two weeks ago uh, with uh, Ambassador Jack Lew, you know, to, to say, why are we not responding more forcefully while we are getting attacked and these strikes on, you know, U.S. Uh, bases and and personnel and. You know, the response uh, basically was that, you know, the, the attacks haven't been that severe. But, I, I mean, what are we waiting for? What are you are waiting, waiting for? for uh, uh, I mean, what we just said before, is, is uh, Joe Biden the Jimmy Carter? Well, it's. I, I will say this. The, the uh, administration has been negotiating uh, with the government of Qatar uh, and the Israeli government to get these hostages out. I, and, and I think it's fair to give them. Uh, credit for that. I think the administration has been working tirelessly over the last month plus uh, to help get these hostages home, uh, including nine Americans. So, you know, uh, on that front, uh, I can't criticize them. Uh, on on the front of uh, the strikes against uh, U.S. military personnel and, and bases, uh, we have raised serious concerns about the lack of a, a response and obviously our concern that 
you know, what are we waiting for? Are we waiting for an actual direct hit that kills, right. you know, American Co- personnel? Congressman, it's Tony Carbonetti. The, the, the president has separated Iran from Hamas and the attack. Okay, so that being said, the attacks on U.S. facilities, the 45 attack, or how many, I'm sorry. Uh, 73. 73 attacks over 45 days. Yeah, since October 17th. Those attacks are from Iranian proxies. So how are they not held accountable? I I don't, I, frankly, I don't understand how the administration could separate, uh, you know, Iran from. He publicly did, right? He publicly, is that what he publicly? The reality is that. Iran has been funding and backing and training Hamas for decades. Uh, and, you know, you see Iranian uh, petroleum sales are up 59 percent since Joe Biden took office, over 30 billion dollars in additional revenue uh, at minimum. Uh, these funds are used to, to further their efforts yep. and further fund their proxies, including Hamas. And fund their nuclear program. Uh, so I, I don't really understand how you could separate the two. But again, these proxies uh, have been used uh, for for years to not only attack Israel, but to attack the United States. Iran's, you know, Iran refers to us as the big Satan and Israel as the little Satan. Uh, they don't differentiate yep. between the United States and Israel. Which is why we need to make sure we stop their nuclear program. Oh, well, I don't think uh, this administration has the courage. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Michael Lawler. And well, keep fighting for, for keep me. fighting for our country. And they, and I'm so glad the good news, at least, uh, of the relatives of your constituents. That is such great yes. news. No question. No question. Thank you, Congressman. Uh, thank you. I, thank you. And now we're uh, standing by. I think we have Dr. Peter Michalos. And uh, Dr. Peter, we haven't talked to you all week. Tell us what the heck is going on. Pneumonia in, in China. Is that important or should we ask Dr. Fauci? <laughs> well... <laughs> Uh, well, in January, we were joking 25th, about Dr. Fauci this morning. Oh, there's a lot to yeah. joke about. <laughs> yeah, January 25th uh, on the Cats Roundtable. Yep. I still have that tape. That, that day that will go down in infamy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's nothing to worry about, and people got upset with me when I said I think we're going to have a pandemic. But uh, I think that the, the important thing to know about what's happening is that the World Health Organization had concerns because in northern China there's a bunch of children uh, getting admitted to hospitals and there are photos of lines of parents bringing in their children. But it seems that one of the problems with lockdowns is that other viruses want to live. And it turns out that they actually just responded uh, several hours ago to the World Health Organization and said that a lot of these cases are things like flu, RSV, and mycoplasma pneumonia, which are regular types of flus. But because of all the lockdowns and all the masks, all these viruses have basically been uh, hiding and not able to transmit because they want to live. They want to jump from person to person. And now that the restrictions have been lifted and everyone's out and about again, so we're seeing this explosion of these uh, cases in China. So I think right now the, the Chinese government is saying that nothing unusual has happened, just regular uh, normal flow of of, of uh, COVID cases and an ex- uh, an a big increase in flu and uh, RSV and some of these other cases. So, so far, it doesn't look uh, like uh, anything to panic about and all seem to be manageable and, uh, and, and treatable. The other thing is that bird flu is a big problem. They just the other day in Ohio, uh, they had to kill 1.35 million birds because 
bird flu is starting to pop up. We've had to cull or kill 8 million birds in the United States alone. Uh, in Iowa, there was another uh, case where they had to kill several million birds. And in 2022, we've had to cull in the United States 58 million birds. The advice I would give to people, because some of these bird flu viruses live in eggs and chickens, that if you do cook eggs, I probably would not choose the option of, you know, uh, sunny side, uh, you know, you know, lightly, uh, lightly fried. I would probably have fried eggs or well, well done scrambled eggs and chicken so should be cooked. Cook well it well. Kill the viruses. Yeah. 165 degrees seems to be the magic number that kills these bird flu viruses. So cook things well. And after you uh, handle chickens on your counters, make sure you clean everything well. And if you have access to uh, gloves, it's probably a good idea to handle the raw chickens with gloves and, and wash your hands well and throw out the gloves that you use and just buy a box of disposable uh, latex gloves if you're not allergic to latex. Yeah, that's a great point. We were going to touch is what the hostage. And yes, I was. Gonna, yeah, I was gonna going to ask you that, through. Dr. Mihalos, what kind of like, you know, the I saw like the diet that they give these people because they've probably been starved for the 48 days and they get like it's like sweet crackers, water. But I think about mentally, too. Can you imagine? And some of them kept yeah, like well, in tunnels. Wow. It's well documented in the psychiatric literature that people who are hostage and kidnapped survivors, they get impaired memory decreased concentration, they get overcautious, they get scared to go out and about again, they get confusion, and of course they have fear of being uh, abducted again. And of course, on, on you know both sides, we have to be uh, realistic and say that children and innocent Palestinians too, there's a whole section, uh, there are sections of people who don't support terrorism, and they are also going to have a lifetime of psychological problems, and it's going to create generational uh, PTSD and it's going to create, you know, other generations of terrorists and it creates a vicious cycle of violence on both sides. So we really need to try to end this thing. We really need to get a two state solution so that, you know, there is a, a separate country and then they're responsible for their people and they have to stop voting in, you know, terrorist groups because, you know, PTSD cases, you know, do last a lifetime and, you know, you have innocent people. Uh, they're on uh, both sides who don't want, you know, who don't, who aren't supporting the terrorists. And, you know, a lot of these uh, children are are going to be traumatized on both sides. And I'm very happy that the the uh, hostages were released. And, you know, we have to realize Israel is our front line. There's many more. In the Middle East. And, uh, you know, hopefully they will all get released and some type of peaceful solution will occur and they'll start really getting a two, two-state solution. So this vicious cycle can stop because it's uh you know this is how uh world wars start yeah and it a, is and, and we need we need peace as soon as possible and that's what we we do is we promote peace and pray for peace sooner than later and uh we pray for the psychological well-being of all the hostages and that they uh get well soon and they yep, need a lot absolutely. of absolutely yeah we got to go to a hard break and uh, we'll catch up again real soon Thanks for all He'll be on the Sunday Catch Roundtable, Peter Michalos. Oh, awesome. Great. I can't, he always has the best stuff. Let's go to that break right now. And when we come back, we're going to find out how is Black Friday from Bert Flickinger.